Let us pray together. O oh God, you are the one in whom we live and move and have our being. And we pause now for a moment to be still. And to know that you are God. That you are love. Help us today just a little bit more to imagine and to experience the interconnected life that you desire and intend for us all. And we pray all this through Christ, who is the infinity of our interconnectedness. Amen. Well, what a morning. Talking about trees, it seems like uh, we uh, found something that lots and lots of us are very interested in. Someone already has recommended that we turn this into a series. Maybe we should. Let me start uh, this morning with a tree story. Back in uh, 2017, my family spent some days in Yosemite National Park. And one of the greatest highlights for me was visiting Tuolumne Grove, the grove of a dozen, two dozen giant sequoias all gathered in one place. And in ways that I still can't quite explain, it ended up being a very profound and sacred experience for me, being in the presence of these majestic trees, 300 feet tall, growing from little seeds from these cones. And then to realize that I was in the presence of living sentient beings, these trees that had begun to grow even before the time of Jesus. And while I was there, I was surprised to learn that sequoias have roots that only go down very shallow, five or 10 feet deep, but that then extend out wide over the space of a whole acre of land, interconnecting with all the roots of all the other neighboring trees. For centuries, for millennia, they've been able to withstand storms and fire and drought because they hold on to each other and give one another stability. And as Margaret Cher said, they share food and resources with each other through this interconnected root system. Their profound resilience comes from their profound interconnection.
I'm sometimes asked how I can keep on preaching year after year after year on the same biblical texts. For example, our reading today from Psalm 1 comes around every three years in our lectionary cycle. So that means that I've had the chance to preach on Psalm 1 at least seven or eight times. And I'm always asked, do you just recycle all your sermons, Todd? But my answer is that though these biblical texts do not change our lives, sure do. Our lives sure do. We have Tuolumne Grove experiences that change us, transform the way we see the world. We have experiences like this, I'll say endless pandemic. Where we are faced with how incredibly interconnected we really are. My choices about vaccinations and masks and social distancing impact your life and your choices impact mine. And in climate change right now, we are experiencing a shared threat that can only be addressed by a shared interconnected response by our whole human family. Amen? Amen. And just recently, a couple Saturdays ago at our membership retreat, I had another experience that changed the way that I see our world and see our church. When I heard 10 of us gathered here for a retreat, talk about how much we long to belong, to be interconnected with a community of Jesus followers where we are known and loved and held accountable. We want to belong somewhere in this rootless world. And we want our kids to have, to grow up feeling like they belong as well. Amen? And so because of all of these experiences that I've just mentioned, I saw something brand new in Psalm 1 for the very first time in my life. God's vision for human flourishing is not simply to be like a tree planted by God's stream, as I long thought, but to be like trees, plural, planted by God's water. It's just the letter, a difference of one letter. Give me an S. <laughs> but what a big difference it is. Calling us to the deeply interconnected world that God intends, the kingdom of God. A world in which trees have so very much to treat to teach us, folks, about God's dream for our world. A world in which all of us are deeply interconnected, rooted and grounded in a community of God's love. 
And science is teaching us so incredibly much about the hidden underground life of trees. Peter, or people like Peter uh, Voleben, the German forester, are helping us to see and to understand and to know that trees are constantly sharing their resources, giving gifts, communicating, learning, and remembering and recording the events of their lives, right? This is a record of this tree's life year after year after year. And we can look at the rings and know whether it was a good year or a tough year just by looking at those rings. And all of this is happening underground, subterraneanly, through their vast and intricate system of interconnected roots. Some call this the forest internet. Some call it, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to say it, the wood wide web. It's hard to say fast. <laughs> the wood wide web. Let's say that together, the wood wide web. Very good, very good. So 10 years ago, during a prayer retreat in Colorado, I read something by David Frenette in a book about centering prayer that I've been pondering ever since. He said, the central insight of Jesus's teaching and life is that we are not separate from God or each other. And as our experience of God deepens, he said, we increasingly experience the interconnectedness of all of life. The reality that we belong to God and our neighbors and they belong to us. And I wonder if this helps us to understand a little bit more what Jesus is talking about today in his Sermon on the Plain, which is Luke's version of Matthew's longer, the Sermon on the Mount. Now in the NRSV, it says again and again, woe, Jesus says, woe. Verse 24, woe to those of you who are hoarding your wealth and your resources when your neighbors are desperately poor. And I had to laugh at the irony that on Twitter, apparently these days, W-O-E stands for what on earth? So verse 25, what on earth, Jesus says, are you doing being full when your neighbors are empty and hungry? Verse 25, what on earth are you doing laughing and cracking up when your neighbors are mourning and weeping? Verse 
Now, don't worry. Jesus is not condemning laughter. Nobody loved a party more than Jesus. But what our Lord is condemning are the sins of being disconnected and unresponsive and uncaring and uncompassionate to the needs of those around us. That's the problem. Jesus is inviting us to enter into the kingdom of God where we all belong to each other and there is no separateness between us. All right, I want to invite all of us to stand. And we're going to do social distancing, don't worry. Without touching each other, just stretch out like the root system of a giant sequoia. Yeah, just look. Here is the woodwide, well, uh, the, the forest internet of God. Look at us. Look at the connections again and again and again. Go ahead and sit down. And of course, the wood wide web of our church is another way of talking about the body of Christ, the living mystical body of Christ, who is the infinity of our inner connection. Through listserv, through phone calls, through prayer, through emails and cards and visits and walks, you name it. Our wood wide world, I can't ever say it. Our connection network is constantly buzzing 24 seven. God's grace and peace, resources and wisdom and humor are flowing back and forth between us all week. A couple of weeks ago, when I asked some of you about your prayer lives, remember, we were focusing on our verse, be still and know that I'm God. Some of you mentioned how in your times of silence with God, the Holy Spirit invariably brings the names of people into your consciousness. You ever experienced that? It happens all the time. If we are paying attention. And then these people that the Spirit brings to our minds become the very people that we connect with that week. And it's a powerful loop of connection because invariably those people say, Oh my goodness, how did you know? How did you know? that that's what I needed most, that word of encouragement, whatever it may have been. One of you recently told me about waking up at 3 a.m. You couldn't sleep. You're a three o'clocker. And you sent a text of encouragement to another hurting member of our church. I hope their phone wasn't on. <laughs> but I know it meant the world. 
that someone in the middle of the night was thinking about one of us. Powerful. So today, I want to further enliven and energize our already active wood wide web. I want to challenge us to be a church that is always listening to the Holy Spirit's promptings. And at least once or twice a week is sending out short notes and emails to one another. You are not alone. I appreciate you. I'm praying for you. You're a gift to our church. Don't give up. Don't give up. This is crucial for the vitality and the resilience of our church. And let me go out on a limb here. And say that the women in our church do this better than the men do. Amen? Keep, <laughs> amen? I hear a lot of women saying amen. This is all of our work. And men, let's not wait for funerals to tell people how much they meant to us. And one more crucial thing. This grove of ours at East Chestnut Street Mennonite Church does not exist just for us. We're not a club. So let us also be quick to invite in others to come and be rooted and grounded among us. It's a good place to be planted. To intertwine their rich roots with ours. And to plug into God's network of grace and peace and resources and wisdom and humor. So let me close. This past week, I realized something quite sobering. Our church, East Chestnut Street Mennonite Church, is named after a street, which is named after a beloved tree, which is now mostly extinct. Doris brought a beloved chestnut that from your childhood or your growing up years, grade school, a century ago, there were 4 billion chestnut trees in this land of North America, 4 billion. And then a blight came and they have almost all been wiped out. They can still keep their roots alive and they are alive and they have shrubs that come up, but as soon as they form a, tr a trunk, the blight gets them again. In a similar way these days, there's a whole lot of talk about whether the church is also on its way to becoming extinct. 
as we travel through these times of unprecedented and accelerated change. But over the centuries and millennia, the church has not only survived, but especially thrived during earlier times of change and tumult, pestilence and pandemic, war and empire. God has provided. God has provided. What we in the church need to be resilient during these hard times. It's all in the DNA of our church. By God's design, our dear friends, the trees, show us the beautifully interconnected way forward. Where our leaves never wither, where we keep bearing fruit, where we keep being green and full of sap, even in the hardest times. And where our wood wide web models for the world and invites others to come and experience the interconnected life that God intends, the kingdom of God. So let us be still yet again for just a moment and experience our interconnectedness with God and each other. And all God's people said, amen. So I want to, uh, in our next hymn, Jonathan, what number is it? 514. I want our kids to pay special attention because while Jonathan's here leading us in this hymn, Will is going to be dancing to it.